This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca. And welcome to the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. I'm Don LaGreca. I wasn't sure I was going to do a pod. I was going to wait until Monday when we were already into the Stanley Cup final, but I just I felt I had a hanker and I wanted to talk some hockey, and some developments have happened since we last dropped a podcast back on Tuesday. And I guess the first thing before we get into the Stanley Cup final, which begins tomorrow in Vegas between the Golden Knights and the Panthers, and I'm already on record saying I believe Vegas is going to win in six. I just think it's their time. And we talked about that with EJ back on Tuesday. We'll get in a little bit more in-depth than that in a second. But Kyle Dubas introduced as the new president of the Pittsburgh Penguins, not general manager, president. So there's going to be a general manager there, and he had a press conference. And I know a lot of Toronto Maple Leaf fans are saying he's a hypocrite. He said he wasn't going to go someplace else. Whether he knew he was going to Pittsburgh or not, Pittsburgh had already blown everything up before Dubas stepped down as the GM in Toronto. It's an upgrade. It's an interesting decision because there's a lot of work to do in Pittsburgh. Yeah, they've got Crosby, they've got Malkin, they've got Latang, they've got Gensel, they've got some really nice players, but they and they've got twenty million dollars of cap space, which Dubas made out to be a big deal, but they've got a lot of restricteds they've got to deal with. They've got draft picks. I think they should be rebuilding. Now, the question you'd love to be able to ask Dubas in a private moment is, you know, if you had a chance to give Malkin and Latang the contracts that they got last summer, would you have done that? And I think the answer would have been no. I think that was a huge mistake, and it was a downfall of the Penguins. I know you want to keep the band together, but they had an opportunity with Latang and Malkin becoming free agents. You know, one at the time 36, the other 35. Now Malkin's 37 going into next season. Uh, it was a bit of a risk, and it was a chance to kind of get younger. I, I, I understand you've got Sidney Crosby, and there's an obligation, much like what the Yankees had when they had Derek Jeter, to be competitive as long as Sid is there. But you also don't want to become the Detroit Red Wings where everybody gets old at the same time, and then you go through a massive rebuild that the Red Wings are still experiencing. It's been a while since Detroit has been a playoff team, never mind a team that can compete for a Stanley Cup, and Pittsburgh's on the way to do that. But now, because you still have Latang for a while, Malkin for a while, still a couple of more years of a contract for Sidney Crosby, you're kind of forced to continue to kick the can down the road and try. But they missed the playoffs this year. There isn't a lot of rebuilding to do. Even even some of their the players that you could kind of consider young or over the age of 30. So he's got a lot of work to do. But what I took from the press conference relating it to the New York Rangers, which everybody's asking about their coaching situation, is that he didn't come right out and say it, but he talked about he speak to Mike Sullivan, pick his brain, excited to work with Mike, that Sullivan's staying. He's got a lot of years left on his contract, and maybe that's the motivation. So he doesn't feel the need to bring Sheldon Keefe with him or bring his own guy in. So Mike Sullivan looks like he was true to his word, or at least what he said at the time, that he wasn't a Ranger candidate, and I guess still is not a Ranger candidate. So while Pittsburgh's getting all their ducks in a row, they're going to be looking for a general manager, not a head coach. So Pittsburgh is not letting go of Mike Sullivan. So the question now becomes, what are the Rangers waiting for? Now, today's media day for the Stanley Cup Final. It begins tomorrow from Vegas, so I don't think anybody is going to be selecting a coach now. They're going to have to wait until the Cup is awarded, so it could be a couple of weeks before these teams can make any kind of an announcement. So if the Rangers 
were going to announce that it was going to be Peter Laviolette, and everybody is saying that Laviolette is the lead candidate. Well, I guess they're waiting on something because they didn't announce that. And if it was waiting for Mike Sullivan, well, they found out early yesterday that it wasn't, and nothing came yesterday, and I'm recording this right now. It's 1121 in the morning, and I don't think they would do it on NHL Stanley Cup Final Media Day, announced that Peter Laviolette is their new head coach. So what are they waiting for? And I guess the big speculation is always going to be, are they waiting for Joel Quinville to be cleared to become a head coach again? And is it waiting for him to be hired? Or is it, hey, I just, hey, I'm Chris Drury. I want to pick, I want to pick his brain. He's a three-time Stanley Cup champion, had success in St. Louis and Colorado as well, played in the league a long time. I want to interview him. I want to talk to him, even though I plan on still hiring Peter Laviolette. Now, John Hines all of a sudden became loose because he was let go by the Nashville Predators, and he's got a relationship with Drury, and he's going to get an interview. And Patrick Waugh supposedly is going to get an interview. He has not been interviewed yet, but the speculation he'll probably be interviewed coming up. So it doesn't sound like the Rangers have made any kind of decisions yet. But not that I'm in the know, but I think I'm close enough to the situation to kind of ascertain that I don't know why you would pick Patrick Waugh. I don't know why you would pick John Hines. I, I, I would not go after a coach that is, has not had success on the NHL level. You went out and got Gerard Gallant. You let David Quinn go because you wanted to bring in somebody that was going to be a little that the players would be able to deal with easier, but had some success. And of course, Gallant had the success of taking the Vegas Golden Knights in an expansion year to a Stanley Cup final. You let him go, I'm assuming, because you were unhappy with the fact that this team that was built to win a Stanley Cup was bounced in the first round by a young New Jersey team. So why would you hire a coach that's never been out of the first round? John Hines is a nice coach. He, you know, he went to the playoffs in New Jersey, went to the playoffs in Nashville, never got out of the first round. So I don't know why you would think that he'd be the guy to finally do it when he couldn't do it with two other teams. And Patrick Wadamy, as much as how cool that would be to have maybe the greatest goaltender of all time be your coach, and it would shed a lot of limelight on the Rangers to have that kind of a high-profile coach. I think sometimes he's a little hot-headed, which can be um, which can be undermining in New York. It worked for John Tortorella, but John Tortorella, as crazed as he could be at times, I felt that it, 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 there was some kind of restraint, and he had had success. He had won a Stanley Cup in Tampa. Um, Patrick has not had success on the NHL level. He's had success on the junior level, but that's different. You get, you're going to be treating NHL players much differently than you're going to be treating, you know, 18 year olds. Um, so, I'm, as exciting as that might be to a lot of fans, I don't see where Patrick's the fit. Peter Laviolette to me is the fit. You are you, you want to bring in somebody that has had success. He took the Islanders, who had not been to the playoffs in a decade, to the playoffs three straight years. They lost all those series. But they went to the playoffs, and, and the Islanders were not used to having playoff teams on a consistent basis. He goes to Carolina, bang, wins a cup in 06. Goes to Philadelphia, bang, goes to a Stanley Cup final in 2010. Goes to Nashville, bang, goes to a Stanley Cup final in 2017. Didn't have success three years in Washington, but I'm not going to blame him for that um, or all of that on him, considering it was an old team. And this year, after they got bounced in the first round the previous season, you got no Backstrom for most of the year. You got no Carlson for most of the year. Uh, their goaltending was a disaster. 
Um, you know, and then right in the heat of trying to make the playoffs, Ovechkin misses four games with the death of his father and, and just wasn't right after that. It was a mishmash team that also had to sell at the deadline as well, even though they were still mathematically alive. I thought he was unfairly let go. So I'm not going to be dissuaded to um, have Peter Laviolette be the coach based on those three years in Washington. But I'm going to look at the Islanders. I'm going to look at Carolina. I'm going to look at Philadelphia and say, this guy has been there, done that. He knows the division. He's basically coached everybody in the division. He even played for the New York Rangers briefly in his very short tenure in the National Hockey League as a player. I, I think it's a perfect fit. He's got the temperament for New York. Uh, he can be a guy that gets under your skin, but I think that's something they need. Now, the shelf life of Peter Laviolette, I'm going to tell you. I like Peter. I get along with Peter. I've told you on this podcast the history I have with Peter. He's probably only going to be here three, four years because he wears on on Yin, does have an expiration date, but you know, so does every coach. You look at the Rangers' history, and you know how long was Tortorella here? How long was AV here? You know, Tortorella had success. What did he take over in 09? He was gone by 2013. Uh, AV goes to a Stanley Cup final in 2014. He was what gone by 18. You know, David Quinn gone in two years. Gallant gone in two years. So what does it matter? The shelf life of most coaches don't go far beyond that. But even after success, Laviolette will. Um, wear on you and eventually lose his job but you might actually get a ring in the process of all of that happening so it kind of makes sense to me that that's where he would go blue jackets still looking for a coach as well um I, I think an interesting landing spot i don't know what the situation is with mike babcock i'd like to see him get back into the nhl um you're hearing rumblings about sergey fedorov possibly going to columbus i don't know but um that's where we stand uh, with that the Stanley Cup final begins tomorrow, and there's been such a comparison between the Heat and the Panthers, and you saw the Heat lose last night, and I just think Denver is a much better team. I can't say Vegas is a much better team than the way Florida is playing right now, and you probably give an edge to Florida because of how good Sergei Bobrovsky has been, but if you look at recent Stanley Cup vintage outside of Andre Vasilevsky, who is going to go to the Hall of Fame, who knows, Bobrovsky might as well. You know, you saw Kemper last year win, and that's certainly not a goaltender you would think that would win a Stanley Cup. And you go, like, how good, you know, Holpe had those great regular seasons, but, you know, is he a, a great Hall of Fame goaltender? I mean, sometimes you just want to have a really good, consistent team up front. And Vegas can roll four lines, good centers. You know, Stone's been good for them. Marsha Show has played very well. Eichel in his first ever playoff appearance, playing in a Stanley Cup final. So I don't get caught up in the whole Bobrovsky versus Hill stuff. Because I don't, I just need your goaltender to play well, and Hill has played well. Now, Florida is no joke, and, and, and the way they're playing up and down, we've talked about it so much during this playoff run that they've really gone up against the best of the best, and Vegas is the best in the West. They were the one seed. They were the most consistent team. You know, all year long, we found excuses not to talk about Vegas. Oh, look, watch out for Edmonton. Watch out for Dallas. You see what the Los Angeles Kings are doing? It just seemed like we wanted to put all our focus on other teams in the West, and there Vegas sat pretty much atop the Pacific Division all year, just consistently going about their business. Probably the only negative about them, and I guess it could affect this series, is they haven't been that great on home ice, but they've played terrific on the road, and they got better as the season went on on home ice. And I just think they're the overall better team. And I also think it's Vegas's time. Six years in the league. Think of the resume. 
They've gone now to the Stanley Cup final twice with a chance now to win it. Two conference final appearances. Bounced in the first round, but all that controversy around San Jose during that loss of that series and then missed the playoffs last year, which you know probably was a good thing in the overall scheme of things and probably helped them this year to regroup. So to go out of the playoff, go into the playoffs four out of your first or five out of your first six years in the league, and have four of those six be conference finals or finals. It just feels like like the Denver Nuggets in the NBA. They kind of paid their dues, and now it's time to graduate. It's time to now graduate to Stanley Cup champions. So, but am I going to sit here and tell you that I think the Florida Panthers can't win? No, I'm not going to say that. And I do think there is a very good chance that the um, the layoff could affect Florida early, and that that might be a problem. Um, so I think it's kind of imperative for Vegas to to take care of business tomorrow and not mess around with this juggernaut. So I might have a different opinion if you see the Panthers go out there and, and, and win in impressive fashion in game one in Vegas. Uh, but I, you got to make a prediction, and I'm going to say the Vegas Golden Knights in six. So wanted to just get some of the things off my chest that have happened over the last week or so and get you set up for the game tomorrow, which will be on TNT. So you get Kenny Albert getting a chance to call a Stanley Cup final, so good on him. He's got a book coming out. I'm really proud of Kenny and what he's been able to accomplish. And then you'll get, um, at least for now, hopefully, if it does happen again, it'll be a long time from now, but the president of the Philadelphia Flyers, Keith Jones, uh, he'll be moving out of the broadcast booth after uh, this series. And, of course, the great Eddie O. Um, that's a fun team and uh, looking forward to the coverage on TNT beginning on Saturday. Let's hear from you at Don LaGreca, hashtag game misconduct. And Robbie says, what's up, Don? Not necessarily about the finals, even though I think Florida could pull it off. Bob has been outstanding all playoffs. But was this year's run by the Kraken reel, can they contend for a while? Well, I, I was surprised by it, but it all kind of came together for them. They were a pretty consistent team. If they're going to get the goaltending that they got out of Grubauer, which I think people were really genuinely surprised about, and, you know, Beneers matured into a star. Uh, they're a nice team. They're not to the Vegas level when they first came into the league, obviously missing the playoffs their first year. But I don't. I think they could be a consistent playoff team. Now, there's a lot of competition in that division, for sure, in the Western Conference. Uh, there's a lot of competition everywhere. But no, when you say for real, I think they could be a consistent playoff team. Do I think they're anywhere close to winning a cup? No, but I think they are a fun fun team to watch harris asks your insights on future head coach of the rangers we just dove into that moments ago so hopefully i answered your questions there harris also wants to know any insights on the rangers and their salary cap they've got about 12 million a little less than 12 million dollars of cap space but you've got to address their restricted free agents right so you want to see how they're going to how they're going to deal with uh, the room they have going out and getting free agents well it's kind of a hard thing to do when you've got players that you've got to take care of. So you take a look at the players that are unrestricted free agents. Patrick Kane, who, by the way, hip surgery, going to be out four to six months. Many people think that that actually may lend him sticking around with the Rangers because he may not cost very much money and not be available until, because like, if it's six months from now, we're talking about maybe November, December, so maybe that that might actually keep him here. Uh, Tarasenko, Mata, you're unrestricted free agents, but you know, um, 
Alexei Lafreniere is a restricted free agent. Keandre Miller is a restricted free agent. So you've got to take care of those guys, right? So that's going to dip into your 11.7 mil. Plus, you've got to keep money in reserve because Capo Caco is going to be a restricted free agent next season, along with Ryan Lindgren, along with Braden Schneider. So when you're taking a look at the salary cap, you don't always have the luxury of looking in this season You've got to look beyond because you're going to have contracts you're going to have to deal with here. That's why there's a lot of speculation that players might get moved because you've got you know, Artemi Panarin, no movement clause, scheduled to make um, o- over $11.5 million um, over the next three seasons. Mika Zibanejad, over $8.5 million over the next four seasons. Chris Kreider, over $6.5 million over the next four seasons. Um, Trocek signed a deal for over 5.6. He signed through uh, <clears throat> the 26-27 season. Barkley Goudreau, not for a ton of money, but for a lot of term, over 3.6. And he's uh, not a free agent until 26-27. 9.5 for Fox through that period of time. Even Jacob Trouba is making over $8 million through 25-26. You're locked into some big-time money. And you've got a lot to address. So you can look at the $11.5 million and say, boy, that's a lot of money. It's not a lot of money at all, especially when you have two important players that face restricted free agency. Uh, Yankees and Penguins says, hey, Don, why do you think Dan Bilesman never gets any head coaching consideration anymore? The Seattle AHL team that he's coaching is in the semifinals. Not sure. I mean, success in Pittsburgh, not so much in Buffalo. So is it like a curse of Buffalo that you coach in Buffalo and then you never get another opportunity again? I've always liked him. I always thought he was a very good coach. But it's interesting why he doesn't seem to get more consideration. But never say never. Names do creep up again, and I think uh, there's the possibility of that. You know he can work with stars. I I just wonder – if um, what happened with uh, Buffalo or just the lack of success in Buffalo had anything to do with it. Um, F. uh, Bassettate says, why won't Rangers president and general manager Chris Drury, the new Lou Lamarillo, have a season-ending press conference like he does in other NHL, like they do in other NHL franchises, or take questions explaining Gallant's firing and his poor trade acquisitions doesn't he owe it to the fans? It's interesting what's happening now. Like you bring up Lou Lamarillo, he has not spoken since the end of the season. Um, I, I think they're probably just saving everything for when they decide to have a coach. Uh, organizations are, are are getting that way. I, I, I'm with you. I, I wish they were to be a little bit more out there, but it seems like we're a little bit more generally accepting now in sports that, that let them go about their business, and when they have something to say, they'll say. I mean, you you say that his trade acquisitions were poor. Um, That's how you feel about it. I don't think he has any responsibility to answer to poor acquisitions. I I thought, uh, you know, Kane, they didn't really give up very much for Kane. I thought Tarasenko was a good acquisition at the time. I don't think anybody was complaining about either one of them when they made it. I thought Kopp and Vetrano were great um, acquisitions last year that really helped them make runs. And, you know, they both left because of free agency. Those things are going to happen. But uh, I'm not really sure that he has to address that at all. But, uh, yeah, I wish these guys would be a little bit more out for, up front and have those moments. But I guess there's just so much work to do, right? You let go of a coach, you're interviewing coaches, and I guess when they feel like they have something to say. The problem with the Islanders is you didn't make any changes. 
and people want to know why. I mean, you're not looking for a new head coach, um, so why you wouldn't address things. I guess Chris could say I'm not addressing anything because I'm still looking for a coach. And once I once I find that coach, I will explain to you in great detail the process that went into it. But when there's no process, like what's happening with the Islanders, I think it's a lot easier to just talk and, and, and move forward from it because they don't have the excuse of, well, I'm busy doing other things. Everybody's busy doing other things. Everybody's getting ready for the draft, although I'm sure most of the work is already done. Um, but everybody else has done a good job addressing the media that didn't make any changes. Um, but the teams that did, I guess, feel like they're not going to be able to have to speak to the media until they make their decisions. I, just a well, just a, I know it's a long-winded answer. I don't really have one on why he wouldn't speak. Chris is not someone that talks to the media all that often. We've had him on the Michael K. show when he was first hired. Um, otherwise, we've always talked to you know Gallant or Quinn more than we've ever talked to the general managers usually. Um, that's just kind of an MSG way. Leon Rose does not speak um, as the Knicks president at all, so that's kind of an MSG thing. But once they do roll out their new head coach, you know, Chris Drury is going to have to be prepared to answer questions because they're going to ask him, why did you fire Gallant? Um what 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 are, what are we doing with these free agents? What's the plan, man? And, and he's going to eventually have to answer that. And I'm assuming it'll be at the press conference introducing the new head coach. And likely that will be in a couple of weeks after the Stanley Cup final is done. If it goes the distance, you know we're gonna have, we're gonna be deep into June before those decisions are going to have to be made. And, and maybe it won't happen until after the draft. It, it might, but I would think. When you're starting to get aggressive on July 1st in free agency, you'd like to have your coach in place. So I think it's going to happen sooner than later, but now it doesn't look like it's going to happen until the Stanley Cup final is over. So we'll stick with the original scheduled plan. We will talk on Monday. It will be um, on the eve of Game 2, so I'm not really sure what EJ's status will be, or actually it will be Game 2. Um, so I don't know if he'll be willing to talk on game day. He might have morning skates to do because game two will be in Vegas, so there'll be a time difference. Uh, and if you're wondering why, if you didn't hear, EJ is doing um, uh, the play-by-play for NHL International with Kevin Weeks. So if you're going uh, to Bermuda or you're going overseas and you want to watch the Stanley Cup final, it's going to be EJ Raddick and Kevin Weeks giving it to you on uh, NHL International. So congratulations to EJ for that. So I'm not really sure what his availability will be, but I'm going to want to recap Game 1, talk about that, preview Game 2. So we will be with you with EJ or without EJ coming up on Monday. So thanks for everybody that participated. I figured I would just do an impromptu one here because I just had a lot on my mind. We will speak again coming up on Monday. This, of course, was the Friday edition of Game Misconduct. This is the Game Misconduct Podcast with Don LaGreca.